welcome to the Bored and Bitchy Podcast, a place where we love to talk about all the mess that is 90 Day Fiance. I am Evie, and I'm an LA girl who's currently living in London. Hi, everyone. I'm Kat, an LA slash California girl who's currently living in Arizona and currently feeling very old. You know what? Actually, before I go into that, my warning for y'all is that we drop profanity from time to time. It's sprinkled in. It's guaranteed. Now that that's out of the way, what I was going to say is all of a sudden I'm feeling old as fuck because I was just telling Evie I got my 20 year high school reunion invite and yeah I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> uh well you just uh confirmed for everybody if, if anyone at home was trying to figure out like oh, are they old How millennials old <laughs> yeah or old millennials <laughs> yes we are on that cusp we're in that very old millennial cusp of like we could have maybe been um I guess not Gen X, but yeah, we're on the older end of the spectrum where we like didn't have internet growing up, but we were like on AOL chat rooms at some point and mm-hmm. we are still, you know, twerking in the club occasionally. Or you know what? Maybe they're like these two ladies speak so eloquently that maybe they graduated from high school super early. They're like geniuses. So yeah, there's also that possibility. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone... <laughs> Is buying that one, but why aren't you? Because we it? struggle with geography. <laughs> geography, a grasp for just like the English language, just many reality. <laughs> yeah, that. Okay. Oh, why wouldn't you be gracing your high school class with your presence? Because social media already is telling me what these fools are up to, and um. Yeah, you know, I, I had some shenanigans in high school that I'm not really proud of. I don't need to rehash all of that. Well, I agree with you. I would say forget the, you know, don't be ashamed of your high school past. Like, go ahead and rehash, you know, like, you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wear like a badge of honor. But yeah, you're right. It, we're like Instagram, Facebook, like we know where all these people are doing. Like, if you wanted to talk to them, wouldn't you already be talking to them? Exactly. Exactly. And I'm not paying 50 bucks for an opportunity to talk to them with dinner. I'm good. (laughs) I mean, if any if anyone is listening, which I doubt, um, hit me up on social media if you really (laughs) want to reconnect. It's like the person, like the main committee that's organizing it. And they're like, wow. okay, well, (laughs) you did a lot of references. Actually, quick note. Okay, I know we're on like on a super tangent tangent. We haven't even started. But um, one of our good friends who I've mentioned on the podcast before. She and I did go to high school together. We also went to junior high together. She was on the committee that planned the 10-year reunion, and I I didn't even go to that. I Like, I couldn't even support her in doing that. If anything, I was like, how did you rope yourself into planning the 10-year reunion? But anyway, I digress, and then I digress some more. Well, is this the same friend who you were making fun of yes. for her engagement <laughs> ring? All right, well. I, I didn't make fun of her engagement ring. I was making fun of how she felt so elite because of her engagement ring. Well, I think we, myself and our listeners now know that this relationship <laughs> is dead. So you <laughs> definitely do not need to go to that reunion to talk to her. But should we go into some 90-day news before we talk about the many relationships that are on life support on this show? Yes, please. Well, before we jump into the news, Kat, were you, if I remember correctly, at many points throughout this season feeling really bad for Mike, kind of like in Mike's corner, defending him and like team Mike? 
Yes, and I have a feeling I'm about to hate myself for that. <laughs> so please go ahead. You are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because uh, Mike has been revealed to be a trash person. Frauded Media, uh, which is a great Instagram account, did a little deep diving into Mike's social media. And again, I don't understand why every like viewers, podcasters, you know, just the regular person, Joe Schmo, can find people's old posts, but there's not like some intern or employee at TLC or a sharp entertainment that can't vet people before we get them on the show. Mm -hmm. Just strange. But Mm -hmm. people are really upset about an old meme that Mike shared back in 2013. So it's definitely an old meme. And the meme reads, the government is shut down and N-word are making jokes till they try to swipe the food stamp card and Dora the Explorer comes out saying swiper no swiping I mean already like forget the obvious like racism and classism and all that horrible Mm. meme I mean mean, this is a not good meme at all um the caption also included a couple of hashtags including Obama go back and be president (sighs) in Kenya and hashtag work like the rest of us. So, yeah, Mike, mm. just, just trash. Just And so people, I guess, are, one, very upset, obviously, by the content of his old post. But then also really annoyed with TLC and, like, trying to figure out, like, if he's going to be taken off the show, if they're, if Jimena and Mike are going to not be shown the rest of the season or not invited into the reunion as Alina was in like is there a double standard TLC has obviously not responded or reacted yet I personally I don't know obviously TLC is going to do what they want to do I feel like they won't be cut out for the rest of the season because how many episodes do we even have so like one <laughs> yeah exactly and it took them like two three weeks to get Alina and Caleb out of the storyline and announce it and like it was a whole thing Mm -hmm. so I highly doubt they're going to be edited out of the rest of the season now if he will be edited out or included not included in the tell-all that will be interesting to hear but yeah that's what Mike's been up to I mean many years ago but that's what he's been up to I I want to believe that like people have an opportunity to learn and grow like you know, maybe he's had a moment where he realized later that that kind of thought process isn't there isn't place for it in this day and age. Um, but I don't I don't I mean, that's just those are really strong words. And on the lighter side of things, somebody out there must have really hated him to be like, I'm going to find some trash on this person and like dog through nine years worth of social media posts to find the gold at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, or the turd at the end of the tunnel. But um, yeah, yeah, it's either Mike does not post very often or this Mm -hmm. person had a lot of time on their hands, like either or. I do see in the article that it says that Mike, this is from an old Instagram account. So this is not from the current Instagram account that he has where it's like Mike 90 days or whatever it is. This is from an old one, like Mikey 86 or something. But again, like Mike, 
how stupid to not just like delete yeah. that account how like president obama go back and be president of kenya like he's american like it's just so it's racist not, and stupid and, and yes dora the like dora's insulted swipers insult like your kids could like, come up with a better meme like if you wanted to be trash like i someone linked dora the explorer to you know government assistance with food like i just i mean a part of me wants to say like these individuals know they're going to go on international television so they should take the time and money to hire someone who can scrub their social media that's on one hand. On the other hand, I'm like, but then we'll never know that some of them are absolute trash. Um, you know, so I kind of like that he's been exposed. Yeah, absolutely. And even if he would have been intelligent enough to A, not post uh, mm. ridiculous racist stuff from the beginning, or if he would have at least had the intelligence to wipe it from his social media, if that's <laughs> how he felt, um, regardless, I think we still would have found out that he's a terrible person because Jimena is telling her side of the story this week. Again, this is Jimena's side of the story. We haven't seen this on TV. I don't know if this is real or not, but I think it's important to share her side. And basically, to kind of condense the whole post down, what she's trying to say is that she's sick of seeing the narrative that's being portrayed of Mike being like this innocent good guy victim and like, you know, her being the villain. And she's trying to say like, you don't know Mike. Mike is worse than my hitman boyfriend, ex-boyfriend is what she said. So those are strong words. Oh, damn. A good clarification point that she makes, which again, if this is true, I really hope, I kind of do want them on the tall just so like Mike can be further exposed if this is true because we need more answers. Jimena says, you know how in today's uh, last, this week's episode, Mike's friend finds out that Jimena was working at some point and then she Mm -hmm. met Mike and stopped working and then he was supporting her. Jimena Mm -hmm. says the full side of that story is that they did not meet on a dating app, that they met while she was a cam girl. She, He was one of her clients and she would cam for him. He ended up falling in love with her just like getting really into her and he didn't want other people to see her so he agreed to support her so that she wouldn't have to cam anymore and mm-hmm. that's why she stopped working which is very different than like oh yeah I just had a job and then you know I wasn't going to con this guy so then I'm just going to stop working right which then also turns Mike into a possessive creep like he's not just a creep he was like oh God, you know like my precious I found my precious nobody else can look at her and also if, you know, that is the work that Jimena can go and find, possibly, I could understand why she framed it as modeling. Like, I'm, yeah. you know, i got to get the breast implants to go do the modeling. Um, I could have sworn that he said they met on Colombian Cupid, but, I mean, clearly that could have been a cover story. Yeah, well, she's saying that he's lying, that they did not mm-hmm. meet on a dating app. And, again, this is what Jimena's alleging, is the other thing that she put in is that Mike has t- tried to hit her like twice she said don't believe him being like this super nice timid guy like he tried to put his hands on me two times so again while I don't condone racist behavior part of me just kind of wants to see this tell if if and only if Sean has some of this information and we're gonna drag his ass on stage Mm -hmm. because I need to know more if this is true but yes I think all of us that were anti-Mike have been vindicated. No, I'm just kidding. I was obviously <laughs> defending. Though I did say 
that we haven't seen his full side, but I think we all know that coming in. How he was being portrayed is definitely as the victim with Jimena being the person that's like just scamming him out of money. You know the saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I have learned a very valuable lesson, and that is that you don't believe those who come off as meek or timid on this show because they will definitely fool you into believing just that. And then later you realize there's a lot of dirt behind the curtain. Yeah, Colt is over here like, have I taught you nothing? (laughs) (laughs) Colt is, he's creepy for sure. So many of these quote unquote meek, timid guys. I mean, from the Mm -hmm. beginning, it should always be Gino with his voice and everything. (laughs) Exactly. Red flag, run. When that happens, run. Um, Yeah, so I mean, while this is a show, so we like to have fun and just talk about what's being presented, the underlying sad, disturbing reality is that all these quote-unquote meek, timid, nice guys are going to different poor countries because of the power imbalance and Mm -hmm. the fact that they want control and they want to be able to date or possibly have control over someone that they would not be able to where things were more even economically and in terms of opportunities. But let's True. get back to the mess because <laughs> that's just too go real. Way outside their level. Anyway, uh, yes. Is that a perfect transition into the mess or do you have more news? I actually have one bit of Ooh. news that maybe a little lighter bit. You remember David. David, I, we've had many Davids, but this David is very connected to the Ukraine because he's traveled there many a time. He has funded multiple Ukrainian women with hundreds of thousands of dollars in support, mm-hmm. including a beautiful young lady named Lana. David he has a has, fetish over their accent. Yeah. Yeah. He's waited in cafes and gone and knocked on <laughs> random doors and disturbed <laughs> Ukrainian residents in much more peaceful times. Well, David has gotten a lot from the Ukraine in terms of, you know, I guess like arousal and fantasy and whatnot. (laughs) Yes. Well, he is giving back in these trying times. He has announced on his Instagram that he has signed up to go and be part of the fight against Russia in the Ukraine. He is waiting for the call that he is ready to head out. To all of those that think like, well, how old is this man? Can he really fight? David wanted to remind people that he actually was in the military for a short stint. Mm -hmm. He has three years of military arms training. And though while he's not really thinking they'll make him fight physically, he's ready for it. What he actually is volunteering more is like he's a programmer. He knows how to fly drones. He says like more of his technical skills could be needed. But he's ready Mm -hmm. to slap on that leather trench coat and go over there for the good fight for Lana and the Ukrainians. And you know what? TLC, send a camera crew out there. This is support. Except we don't want to put another person in danger. (laughs) If anybody is there. A a GoPro. (laughs) Yes. Send him a GoPro. But he's currently dating uh, the French woman. I forgot her name who was obsessed with makeup stores. Amira. Amira. Are they still together? That was the room. I mean, I don't know if they're still together. That was definitely something that they were trying to stir up. But she's not like living in the U.S. yet. So I don't know. Like, 
the heart wants what it wants. And he spent a lot of time in the Ukraine. He said that the, he is, well, obviously not dating Lana anymore, quote unquote dating. Um, they are still friends and he keeps in regular contact with her and getting updates to make sure that she's safe with everything that's going on with, with obviously the attack and the war and everything. Mm, interesting. I, I really thought that would have been done. <laughs> well, I mean, is the credit card still working? Well, there you go. <laughs> Um, you know what, though? No amount of, like, money could really help Gina win over Jasmine's mom. Because I I took one look at this woman. I was like, oh, she's going to be a tough nut to crack. <laughs> like, she did not smile once in Gina's direction. She was intimidating me. Like, I'm like... <laughs> I'm not a creepy older dude like with a sweaty foot in a sandal that won't expose my head. And you know, I'm a Spanish speaker. I'm a woman. I'm not trying to hook up with your daughter and take advantage of her. And I would have been intimidated. I mean, I was getting, I was feeling like I was a 15 year old visiting my, you know, my friend's house with her very strict religious mom and I wasn't meeting her standards. I mean, and like, this woman, what I will give her credit for is that she did not shy away from demonstrating that she's a tough cookie, like right in front of Gino. Granted, it's a different language, but it was being translated right in front of him, right off the gate. She's like, why doesn't he have kids at his age? And um, what about this age gap, Jasmine? Have you thought about that? I'm glad she turned it back on Jasmine at one point, because at first, as much as I cannot stand Gino... When she first came out with the like, well, why doesn't he have kids yet? Like I got into my defensive mode and I'm like, well, why does she have kids and she's not married? I mean, we could all mm. start throwing out questions like that to try to make people feel bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad that she then turned it on Jasmine as well. Like, what about the age gap? How do you feel about that? And overall, you know, again, Gino's try. So girl away, yeah. you know, interrogate. Well, and then also, to be fair, Jasmine put her mom and her sister in awkward situations because maybe within five minutes of him arriving, she's like asking her mom and her sister in front of Gino, well, what do you think about him? And they're like sitting right next to him <laughs> on the couch and they're like a few feet away and they're like, um, you you know, on one on one side of the coin, you're like, they just met him. They have no opinion. On the other side, you're like, oh, but their faces say they've already formed an opinion on him. And it's not positive. It sure doesn't seem positive. And that's that these women have not, they haven't found out about him leaking her nudes. Ooh. And they haven't seen him dance. And they haven't seen him without his hat on. So imagine when <laughs> all of that airs on TV. They really can't stand him now. And that he kept a nail of hers for her memories. Yeah. I mean, I think that Jasmine's mom, at the end of the day, just wants her to be happy. I mean, clearly we saw that. We'll get that to that in a minute. But she was having this very, like, relatable moment as a mom where she's looking through pictures of Jasmine from her childhood and reminiscing and feeling that bittersweetness that it is to see your kids grow. And it was at this moment that she was probably like hanging on tightly to her daughter that Gino decides it's a good time to ask the mom for her blessing. I was like, this is what about this moment is making you think, oh, right now, this is the perfect time to do it. Oh, I thought you were going to say like, this is the first thing that Gino asked in that moment is like, so tell me, was Jasmine hoeing around in high school? Like how, how many dudes were hanging around here? She, I mean, she's a little girl. She. She had a lot of boyfriends. <laughs> like, what? 
you know, I couldn't even bring myself to write during the time. So I was like, what the f- This is so awkward when the mom was like, no, I was super strict. Like, that should have been the end of the conversation. He was like, but she's so beautiful. You mean there weren't a bunch of perverts just following around your underage daughter? Guys like me just ready to pounce? God. Oh, my God. Wasn't there a moment when they were going through the childhood photos? Yes, where... Um, they looked at a picture of Jasmine. I think she might have been like graduating from elementary or junior or something. And Jasmine looks at the year and she goes, look, babe, that's the year that you were married. And um, her Spanish speaking mom sure understood that because it was dagger eyes at Gino. Yeah, I feel like when you're dating someone a lot older, a lot younger, let's never play this like when I was in college. <laughs> You were still learning how to walk. Like, don't, no. It never, it's going to end well. It's always creepy. Oh, um, Side note, a tangent, but related to this. So, Big Ed, Ed and Shoulders. On The Single Life, the very first season, he was dating this girl. And um, he was basically trying to profess his love to her. And he said, you were born the year that I got my divorce. Within, like, a week of me getting my divorce. So that's how I know that we were meant for each other. That's when you came into this world and eventually into mine. And I just thought that is the fucking creepiest thing I've ever heard. Wait, this is when Big Ed was dating the original person, Rose? No, uh, Liz on The Single Life. The oh, on The Single Life. Single oh, life. Okay. Ugh, so creepy just thinking about it. But anyway, back to Gino and Jasmine. Um, the mom reluctantly gave her blessing but it was because she wants her daughter to be happy so she looked at jasmine in the eye and was like don't lie to me now is this really what you want do you really want to be with you know this guy this guy really this guy this guy yeah Yeah. (laughs) this guy are you sure um going to visit jasmine's mother just further proves to me this insane thought that I've had all season that Jasmine genuinely likes Gino. Like, it's just <laughs> mind boggling. Like, I know. Because Jasmine's mom's house was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Big house, nice, beautiful. The mom was like done up. She looked yep. amazing. Yep. She was like not one of these people where like, you know, Angela's been recorded for like 28 seasons and she's like, no, I'm not even going to brush my hair or put a bra. <laughs> like this lady was camera ready. And I don't even feel like it was in the cat for the camera. She yeah, it's just always, her. Yeah. She just always looks nice, always puts to gets put together. Her house is immaculate. And just not saying that like everyone on this show comes from these like dire living conditions. But usually when we see some a woman or a person that's much younger, much more attractive, dating someone that's like not in their league or semi creepy or older. It's usually because of some kind of financial gain that might be possible. Mm-hmm. And this further just shows like Jasmine was employed. So she, you know, had a job in a school. So she was making her own money. She's living in her own place, clearly independent. Her family's doing okay. Like she's not. I don't know. She's not in a situation like where Rose was, where like the dad was like bathing next to like, you know, Patch Rat or something. Oh, Patchy. <laughs> so this again is like to me like, wow, Jasmine genuinely likes this man. Like our knockoff mm-hmm. Bruce Willis from Michigan or whatever she tried to say. Like 
this is mind boggling. Mm-hmm. And one more piece of evidence to prove that she truly is uh, into Gino is that her mom, who knows her very well, looked at her face and said, my daughter is radiating happiness and said that to Gino. I know my daughter and I can tell when she's happy and I don't think I ever seen her this happy. So, yes, you have my blessing. Wow. Like, just... My mouth is open right now. Like my jaw <laughs> is open. Your jaw is a game. All of ours. We just have to collectively pick our jaws off the floor. And this <laughs> again, <on>. just, <laughs> it just again has been like even more crazy than he would. Just obviously in general, you should never violate someone's trust and disrespect them with, with what Gino did. But this woman genuinely cares for you and you are going to betray her the way you did. And then what was that scene? Like him telling his friend, like, oh yeah, things aren't going that great. You know, I'm kind of some hot water. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I just did a little thing, like, you know, sending her news to my sugar baby. Like, how old are you? Why are you using the words news and sugar baby at your big age, sir? Yeah, and the brother, I mean, the brother, like, kind of cackled, like, how do you not know that that's not okay? Like, what possessed you to do that? But um, at the end of the day, Gino got the blessing. He hasn't yet proposed, but he's on cloud nine. And he Hence, didn't have to take the hat off to get the blessing. He didn't. He when? didn't. Ozzy. <laughs> it was at that point. Hold on. It was at that point when he, Jasmine was like, mom, listen, he has this thing about his hat. He can't take it off during the prayer. The mom was like, really, Jasmine, this guy, this guy? <laughs> In that Panama hat, this guy. Oh, God. Sir, take that hat off. You are doing my country dirty. Take that hat off. But oh, God. He also did merengue dirty. <laughs> At least he tried. I mean, there was no rhythm. His pacing of the steps were off. And, like, not everyone knows how to dance. I get that. I will also say I don't think Jasmine is necessarily the best teacher because she was like, you know, stomp your feet like you're killing ants. It's like you're not actually stomping. Well, did she say stomach? I thought she said, like, okay, act like you're killing an ant. And instead, uh, Gino took that to, like, there's a fucking patch rat is running across the floor and you got to stomp him to death before he, like, claws at you or something. I was like, killing an ant is different than, like, stomping the shit out of something. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's true. But I don't think Gino cared. And he was doing his dance moves on the balcony for the whole world to see. I mean, I take offense with you describing the convulsions that Gino had as <laughs> dance moves. But yes, his body was doing something and it, it was moving, though, independently, all the parts independently from each other and definitely not <laughs> in connection to the rhythm. But you know what? I will give him points that Gino, like many a person who cannot dance, while he could not express himself fully through his body, the face. People are very expressive through their face. And he was smiling and like he just seemed mm-hmm. like I'm killing it or I'm just putting as much effort as I can. And you know what? Good for you, sir. I mean, Jasmine, again, this is real love. I would have seen him yeah. and I would have been like, wow, like this guy? Really? I'm, I'm doing this? This guy? This, this guy? Really? I'm like, I need to sit down with myself. I need a moment with myself and really do some reflection. But instead, Jasmine was like, oh, baby, you're so cute. I love it. And I was like, wow, this is love. I mean, he wasn't in control of his body. And if his dance moves are any indication of how he performs in bed, again, I don't understand where the attraction is for Jasmine. 
I don't know why you decided to say Gino and bed and moves <laughs> together, but I think that just means we need to move on because now I'm disturbed. Okay, wait. One thing that will keep you from being disturbed. Do you remember back in college, we were hanging out at the house that I lived at that was like near the beach? Um, it was like my junior year, senior year. We we're hanging out in the backyard. And this was at the time we were also in a dance troupe, a Latin dance troupe. We looked up to the second floor balcony and one of the guys from our dance troupe was like dancing with a friend of ours and there was a light bulb behind them. So all we really saw was like the silhouette and it was just such a beautiful moment of two people dancing on a balcony, a far contrast from what we saw on this week with Gino and Jasmine. Well, Jasmine did great, but for Gino. I think this was Kat's roundabout way of in a not so braggy way being like, because we were in a Latin dance group, so we are allowed <laughs> to judge Gino and his novice moves. No, I just meant that because I was trying to prove that, like, this guy really knew what he was doing. I didn't say I was good. <laughs> no. But do you remember that? Or were you in New York doing your internship at this time? Well, I remember that because I think that's the infamous night where I drunkenly oh, yeah, the snail. jumped out of a hot tub trying to run to a bathroom and instead I slipped on a snail and busted my ass and then the next morning I had no recollection as to why I was waking up in like wet and naked and wearing an oversized shirt in your <laughs> bed and for the first and oh, my whole side of my body was sore and before I looked at you I woke up and I really felt like oh my god something happened to me last night like I it was like my worst fears realized and I turned around and it was you and you were like you drunk bitch. Like, do not remember anything that happened. Oh my God. That, that moment when you woke up, that must've been terrifying. I don't wish on anyone. I'm just laughing because I still remember the snail trail, like literally the snail that I got. It was at the wrong place, the wrong time. It was under you and its carcass was still like a streak on my floor. Rears up to that, that snail yeah. because it lived a very short life thanks to my drunkenness. But we digress. Yeah. But um, another short life lived is the relationship between Kim and uh, Usman because she was his official girlfriend for like, what, 36 hours? Maybe if that, because I feel like, yeah, he asked her like right before the yam session and then <laughs> immediately after waking up the next morning and icing herself down and doing like a little tour of Spice Ew. Village. It was at Spice Village. So, yeah, I don't even think it's been like a full 24 hours. Right. And here's the thing that like, you know, Kim's like, how dare you keep a secret from me? And I'm thinking, Kim, you weren't even in a relationship. Like, I don't know that he owes you this information right out the gate, like right off the bat. When you're like dating someone, are you like, give me the download on your history now? This is your one and only chance to tell me the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Is it cheating or lying if it happened while you were auditioning to be the potential girlfriend slash momager slash PA slash assistant wrangler? Like, I don't I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. I don't think she needs to, like, blow up or get angry because they were not in a relationship. Like, we, they weren't together. I think the only thing that made it a little worrisome is when she – when Usman said like, oh, well, you know, we broke up or she ended the relationship, Zara ended mm -hmm. the relationship with him four months ago. And Kimberly was like, we've been talking for like a year and a half. So 
Yeah. <laughs> so that's the other side of it where I was like, you know, he doesn't owe you anything. But at the same time, you guys were talking for a year or more. So there was an overlap of at least eight months where he was talking to both of you. And he was clearly in love with Zara. He admitted it. He was in love with her. It didn't work out. That part is worrisome. And I, Kim said that, like, if she had known that, she wouldn't have gone down there. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think if yeah. he would have reached out and said, listen, it didn't work out, you know, let's you and I try. She would have been like, okay. Absolutely. I think if she would have known, I think maybe she would have brought it up a little more, maybe been like, you need to, like, I'll go see you when you're not recording the music video dedicated to another woman that you were flirting <laughs> with and in love with while you were talking to me and I'm the backup option. Um, but yeah, I think she would have still gone. I think it's just more looking like a fool. And as president and founder of the Usman fan club, I do think she feels like she knows everything about him and should get all the information. I think it was very shocking for her to find out he had a full on relationship. And Usman's not doing a very good job of downplaying this, of being mm -hmm. like, you know, I should have told you, but it wasn't that big of a deal. I was dating a girl, whatever. He literally was like, I was in love, like for real, for real. Like that was real love. And Kimberly's <laughs> looking at him like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> What am I doing here? And why am I wearing this leaf ring then? And wait till I tell my uh, son who's going to fuck you up when he finds out about Zara. Say. She's probably going to be like, you owe me and Jamal an apology. <laughs> Jamal's like, again, leave me out of this. She's like FaceTiming him. He's like, mom, for God's sake, I have class. Like, I don't care. Just bring me the spices I asked for and leave me out of this. Now... When Usman realizes, you know, how upset Kim is, he keeps reminding her that it's over. But I don't know if you noticed that he changed the whole semantics on this. He let us know that Zara broke up with him. But in his, like, downplay, he kept saying, I broke it off. I, I broke up with her. I broke it off with her. Like, what's the problem? It's like, mm. no, sir. We know that if it were up to you, you would still be with her because you were actually in love with her. Yeah, exactly. And again, I want to know what other than getting another season on 90 Day, Usman's endgame is with Kimberly, because it doesn't seem like she's supporting him financially in any way. Thank goodness. I, I mean, he doesn't seem to be super attracted to her because it seemed like it was like pulling teeth to for him mm -hmm. to be intimate with her. So what is the real motivation to be with Kimberly? And why is he like, you know, so stressed about losing her because the only reason he decided to show her the yam and make her Queen Kimberly was because she was threatening to cut it off. And now she's doing the same and now he's panicking and lying. I don't know. I mean, it's a really good question. I, I think we all assumed that he was using her to get his ticket to the U.S. because his dream, as he's told us all, is that he wants to be a superstar, an international one, especially one in the U.S., well, if he's really focused on getting to the U.S., then why wouldn't he seal the deal with Kim right away? You know, he's really making her work for it. So I, I don't know what the end game is. I don't either. But the one last thing about this couple is as the scene is ending and, you know, obviously Kimberly is really upset and saying like this is over. She tells us like there's like just nothing at this point. She doesn't think there's anything that Usman can do to save this relationship. And I'm like, I don't believe that. I feel like if Usman came in and was like, Queen Kimba, I've made a song about you. <laughs> um, it's called Queen Kimberly. She'd be like, okay, you know what? BGL got a song. Zara got a song. <laughs> Finally, this is the validation she needs. 
I I think that could be a catchy song, like Queen Kimberly. Let me tell you what you mean to me. I mean, I don't know. I could see it going to top charts on Spotify. I gave you the yam by the sea. It writes itself. <laughs> it's a hit. Oh, my God. Last thing before I move on, because you mentioned yam. Um, so your sister was listening to our podcast, and I just thought it was so funny. I share with our listeners. Apparently, she was listening to it near your parents, which I don't know why. My God. <laughs> And your dad overheard the part where I said, wham, bam, thank you, Yam. And I guess he was really disturbed by that. Which is funny because I'm like, it's not like we were talking about like us getting Yam down or, you know. Or actually using literal Yams to get (laughs) off. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't know what could have made it so disturbing for your dad. I guess just knowing that we are Yam adjacent and have... (laughs) At some point, tasted yam. It was too much. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to this episode. I was going to say, because if that didn't disturb him, then me saying literally using yams would. Unsubscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Unsubscribe. Revolt. Throw up. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Um, So I also don't know what Mahogany's endgame is because she doesn't seem to be working hard to seal the deal on anything with Ben. I mean, he's been there now for three days. And this man is intent on on making it happen right he wants mahogany to be his future wife so he's talking about um let's go on this trip so we can really like reconnect on our love again fall in love again and i'm like your plan or your goal shouldn't be to fall in love again your goal should be to get to the bottom of her lies and who she is and get out ben's thought process is totally twisted because He tells his friend that, like, there's just all these inconsistencies in Mahogany's story. The apartment isn't really hers. She's shockingly two years younger, a whole 22, instead of, like, a mature, ripe age of 24. And he's just, like, telling him, like, I'm very concerned. And instead of being, like, all right, well, these are too many red flags, or I should, like, fully ask her outright, like, what is a real, what's a lie? Instead, he's like, but I don't want to scare off. So I'm going to continue to build a bond and closeness. And then once we are very close, then I can start asking her these questions. And I'm like, no, do not build a bond and try to get closer <laughs> with someone you think is just a web of lies. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And, you know, one clue that he caught the during the last episode when he was actually at the apartment, we just learned of now, is that there was a travel pamphlet like at the place that she was staying. So it's clearly a rental. That is clearly an Airbnb. And one thing that I didn't mention is that the bunk beds that have like the little kid sheets, they look like they've been recently slept in. So I have a feeling that she rented that little place with her friends. You think like the girls that like were, that he met the next day were like, (laughs) maybe the girls with the matching outfits because they were both wearing like white tops and cream jackets. (laughs) There was a lot of weird styling questions from that whole scene like they was like yeah why did the two girls the one time they're going to be filmed for an international tv show decide to wear the same outfit or you would think that we're like being filmed and we walk into the same place and me and you were like oh shit let me go change one of us take off this jacket so we don't look <laughs> the twins then did you catch mahogany's hair um i mean it, it looking a little bit not combed brushed no. or was it something specific if you look at the ends, it looks like, oh, I wish I could just send you a picture right now. People go back or next episode, really look at Mahogany's ends. 
it just looks like a chop job. Like it's just like some pieces are really long, then the other pieces are really short, but it's oh, not yeah. like, it's not in like consistent layers or like it's like it's a, like, uh at home, like she cut her hair at home to give herself layers. But it's like the weirdest, like it's so piecemeal, like every little bit of I don't know, it is the weirdest thing. And so I was super distracted by the hair. I don't know. I, I I don't know why he's there. Like I'm like the the car ride was super awkward until they mm-hmm. started talking about God. And then luckily that was a good icebreaker. And she's like, "What do you think makes God the most amazing person in the world?" And he's like, "Well, let me tell you." And then I was like, "Oh, thank God! You do have one thing you can talk about." Literally, thank God for giving us a topic to talk about. G O D. Yes, bless you for once again coming through because that was the only literal saving grace. I mean. Honestly, if Mahogany is out here trying to portray this whole thing, you think she'd loop in her two best friends? Like, she said they are her two best friends. But they're over here talking about, well, Ben, you're calling yourself a boyfriend. But up until now, I thought you were just a friend from a faraway land who was coming to visit. (laughs) The one thing that I might, in defense of Mahogany, because all of this does not make any sense, right? And I could see why he is confused. If, again, like, again, I don't feel sorry for this man because you're in another country chasing someone that's like 30 years younger than you. And it's just too much. So I'm, I don't really care that Ben is out here suffering. But well, the one thing I will say is that maybe, and we do see this a lot, I feel like, especially with younger people or just people in general, sometimes like the conversations and the relationships you build online, they like, you know, you start to talk online and they could get like super deep really fast. And all of a sudden you're like saying, I love you or I miss you or like, just having all these conversations, just thinking like, that's a whole separate world. You know, that's my online world. That's someone that supposedly lives in America that I'll probably never meet. It's like met thousands and thousands of miles away. And it just is kind of like this little fantasy. And that's kind of what she seemed to describe it. Like, yeah, we were talking about like, you know, things that mattered and just trying to get to know each other. But I don't know him. Like, I just met him in person. Like, I'm not commit to saying I love you or I'm his girlfriend or I'm ready for all that so I think maybe in Mahogany's mind she was viewing their interactions online is like one thing which is a lot deeper but it would to her it didn't mean the same like in the real world which clearly Ben took it as like we're official we're getting married let me put in the k1 application now and let me tell my kids about their future stepmom like he really took it very seriously okay but would you tell someone that you've only been chatting with online that you would like to mother their children? Like you would like to have their children because you could see them being a wonderful father? I mean, I wouldn't. And I don't think most rational <laughs> people would. I'm just saying maybe this is what mahogany. Specific to mahogany. Okay. <laughs> there are some people that are like that, you know, like that's just how I speak online or my online persona. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying maybe that is how she's thinking about it. And now that they're in person, she's like, we don't know each other, sir. Like, we are not your girlfriend. You're not coming to my real house. Like, I need to fully vet you. Okay, but then, and I get that. I can understand that. But then if in Mahogany's mind, he's just a friend, then why this whole formal meeting of the parents? Instead of being like, hey, mom and dad, my friend's visiting. But they were like vetting him as a, you know, as a love interest. I don't know. None of it makes <laughs> sense. TLC, just please tell us this is a paid actress because oh, it's all so confusing. What are the motivations, Mahogany? She, is, she has us in her web of lies. Yeah. 
Well, so they go on this trip, right? And they're staying in two separate rooms, which I think is perfect, especially because he's trying to hold true to this whole like um, uh, vow of celibacy until marriage. And then they go on, uh, I guess, their first excursion, which is like sand duning or what? what's the like ATVing through sand through like Peru's desert. It ends with a romantic dinner. They get to talking. And now Mahogany is the one saying that Ben's story isn't adding up. So again, <laughs> she's twisting it around to be like, Mm-mm, there's something about you, sir. I can't trust you. Or maybe she's not. Maybe he was inconsistent, too. Like, that's what I'm saying. True. I don't know what was going on. Like, until we see the text, we literally need, like, bring the receipts, someone print out those texts, like, blow them up to that, like, font size that older people use when they can't see their phone anymore, print it out, and, like, have TLC show us. Because I need to know what was said and who was saying what. Because now I'm confused. Who's lying? <laughs> That's, I mean, that's fair, right? We don't know exactly what he said to her. We've only been hearing this whole relationship through his side of the story. But like two last comments that I'll say on this. So I think she does have a good point when she tells him that, you know, you're you're painting the story about it didn't work out with my ex-wife because the church was so strict and it didn't work out with my ex-fiance because she didn't love my kids. She's like, nowhere am I in this explanation. Am I hearing this is what I did to break up the marriage? It was Everything happened through no fault of his own. And I'm like, mm. that is a good call out. And that is very insightful for a 22 year old. Um, the last comment I'll, I'll make here is if they're just friends, I don't know if you caught his hand on her back while they were having dinner. His hand was getting really low, like almost rubbing her ass. And I'm thinking she's already made it clear to you that you guys aren't friends. So why are you pushing boundaries? Well, I mean, he was pushing boundaries even when they were sitting talking to the friends. He was getting like real handsy with her. And I think that's probably like she didn't look super comfortable. And I think that's probably why the friends were like, you thought you were a friend. Were you not like the foreign exchange student that's going to come and stay in the Airbnb with us? Like what? Who, uh, boyfriend. She said you were a senior. We didn't think that meant senior in life. <laughs> senior citizen adjacent. Oh. Well, I do need the truth about what the Mahogany story is. So, Mahogany, please break your silence when you were able to and give us the full rundown. How much did TLC pay you? Who wrote the script? Mm-hmm. Was it Noah Ryan? Like, was it a whole thing you concocted? Like, let us know. And if this is real, I think even though they both speak English, they need some kind of translator help, um, some kind of third party. And I vote for the very animated translator that met with Memphis and Hamza. Oh, my God, that man, just, like, bring him back. I don't care if they, Hamza and Memphis could speak, like, perfect English. And now that I know this man, I'm like, just bring him back. Like, like he needs to have a role. I was loving his facial expressions, his gestures. Like, at one point, his whole body moved back. Like, oof, no, that's, you know, I think someone was saying, like, it makes me uncomfortable. And he was like, mm, no, it makes me uncomfortable. Like, his whole body. And when I saw the previews for this week's episode last week, I was like, who is this friend that's, like, really letting Memphis know about his opinion? He seems, like, really involved. And now I'm coming to realize or find out he's the translator. He just came off as, like, a very invested friend. <laughs> I mean, I think what was amazing is usually when I think of translations, I think of someone that's like very impartial and literally just like relaying the exact word. Like David. Yeah. But instead, we this man was like, I'm going to add some flair. Like you are going to get your money's worth here. 
And the, I'm going to make up for the lack of expressiveness from these two and just fully give you the emotion behind the words. And he was giving. Like, he gave a lot. I mean, it's true. If I think back on their whole storyline, Hamza and Memphis are the least interesting characters out of their storyline, like out of their whole little storyline cast, because Memphis's entourage, her sister, they're a lot of fun. I think they're great. Hamza's mom is, while she might not be entertaining, I think she's great. But Memphis and Hamza don't necessarily bring a whole lot to the table. Um, This translator brought a lot in a very short time. Give that man the pillow talk because I I'd rather have him and um, Memphis or him and Hamza on pillow talk than those two together because yeah he he just really got into his role and I think really got the message across he he was a relationship saver for sure. Well, here's the thing. I think that he was so his energy was like so positive and lively that Memphis and Hamza totally forgot what they were talking about <laughs> because. You know, Hamza was like, I don't understand why her ex is in her life. And and I do understand why. Like, they have a child together. So to me, it's very obvious. But, um, you know, the the translator said what he said about it was very animated. And then somehow that segued into Memphis's temper. And they were able to close the topic on the temper. But I don't think they ever closed the topic on the ex. No, you're right. None of the actual issues or topics that they were concerned about had absolutely no resolution. None of them. Um, It was just that like someone would say something, he'd be like all expressive about it. And then like, I think because he like when he was like, oh, she look at her, she's crying. She feels really bad about it. Or like he just conveyed so much emotion that they were like, oh, I forgive you. But I think they were actually forgiving the translator, not each other. So the issues are still there. Well, he's going to come back next week to help Memphis and Hamza's mom have a little sit down. Um, yeah, and that at least in the preview does not seem to go well. So hopefully he Doesn't. can once again work his magic. Hopefully. Well, we ended up closing their storyline this week with a proposal. So Hamza took Memphis to um, this little like scenic rocky part, though. It wasn't necessarily scenic the whole way through, just the part he took her to. And gets down on one knee. I don't know if you caught it. He kind of hesitated, like, am I doing this? Should I do this? Got down on one knee. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, to me, the hesitation was less of, like, him being, like, second-guessing and more like, well, I'm wearing an (laughs) all-white outfit. And there's a lot of, like, clay, you know, particles and sand. Like, it's probably going to dirty those jeans. That's a really good point. That's probably what he was thinking. Um, but so then he does propose and Memphis's response was, well, do you trust me about everything? And like, that is not the most romantic response. I think that's more like, let's think logically about this. But what that's really telling me is that they clearly haven't hashed things out to the point where they are ready for a proposal. But here we are. Do you trust me about everything? He's like, mm, yeah, sure. All right, then it's a yes. I mean, I agree with you. I think that she's probably thinking like, look, he looks good in his all white. He actually thought of doing something. <laughs> he has a booty. You know, he's an attractive guy. We seem to get along really well whenever there's a translator there. So, you know, he put some effort into the proposal and he accepts me in these horrible, hor- you know, vertical striped pants. Like, let's give it a whirl. Let's try it out. why not let's just see where this goes oh boy well I don't know where it's going for Mike and Jimena 
let's start from the very beginning. Um, Jimena is basically correcting herself when Mike is like, you know, you don't love me. And she's like, well, I love you, but I'm not in love with you because we haven't spent that much time in person so far, which, okay, valid. But now he's calling her out on her attitude and how it's changing towards him. And he's seeking clarification on the situation because he's confused, rightfully so. And I'm not trying to be team Mike, especially now that I know he's a scumbag. I'm just laying it out objectively. Like, I can see Jimena's point, but I also see Mike's point of, like, that's all confusing to me. Yeah, no, I don't see Jimena's point. Just because <laughs> <laughs> all the love, I love yous, I'm in love with you, all of that, that was all over text when she didn't have to deal with his ass one-on-one. All we've seen when he's there in person is, like, you're a pig man, you burp, you smell, like, me. (laughs) the sight of you literally makes me hurl, like, so no, it's not just a, like, you know what, let's pump the brakes, it's just, you know, I need more time in person, but I'm trying to get there, like, no, she doesn't even, she couldn't even be bothered to, like, spend the first night with him, I'm not saying sleeping with him, I just mean, like, genuine, let's get to know each other time, yeah, yeah, she loves him when he's far away, and she doesn't have to deal with him, and he's paying the rent and when he's in person she can't stand him and I'm like I get that like I don't think I would want to date or hang out with my no not I don't think I don't want to hang out or date like <laughs> in any way like I need him to put a shirt on no one wants to see the back hair like no it just it's a lot I don't need you burping at the dinner table but she also needs to keep it real and I know she kept it real now but she's still kind of trying to hold on to a bit of a relationship being like, well, if you change and it's like, no, girl, you don't want this man. Just let him go. You make a very valid point. I was coming at it from the perspective of like, you know, she fell in love with him. But then in person, it's a different story. And he's, you know, been doing all these things. But you're right. She's not actually making the effort to get to know him. Um, and he he does seem like he's trying to change some of his gross habits for her. And she's still like, Oh, you, you know, you tracked dog shit into the house. Oh, you're so disgusting. Like, you know, you're a terrible human being. Well, anyway, so this happens. Mike gets banished to the kid's bed with a Spider-Man comforter. So he calls his friend John for advice. Now, Mind you, John is the friend that was at the toy store with him. He and his um, wife or um, partner, Nelsie, had like the matching very yellow under eye concealer, not so well concealed. <laughs> but he calls this guy for advice and I'm like, good, because he seems really entertaining. And I will say the the friend came through with some very solid advice. He laid it out clearly like she's looking to get out of there. You're her ticket. But there are things about you she doesn't like. So it's not going to work out. Like she's not into you. Go home, quit the relationship. Absolutely. And he kept it real and saying like, listen, if this is transactional and you're fine with paying for someone's stuff, a little bit of like love and affection, there's plenty of girls here in the tri-state area that'll do that. Like you don't need to fly over there and spend your money and those miles. You could literally find someone that's be happy to scam you or not even scam you, make a transactional. Like, You want Mm -hmm. someone that's out of your league, you want to get a little bit of attention, but you want to pay their rent, people will sign up for that. Like, have you seen the price of gas? Like, people will do it. Mm. And so Mike at this point is like, you're right, you're right. But listen, can you please ask your partner, Nelsie, to spend some of her precious time away from your children to have a video chat with me and Jimenez? I can just dig a little bit further because while your explanation is super clear, I'm still holding on to a shred of hope that somebody loves me. 
you said over here using up Nelsie's precious time where I'm like, if I was Nelsie or someone wants to invite me to do some Spanish to English translation with their sugar baby, please <laughs> call me because that was juicy as hell. I volunteer <laughs> for that. I was loving Nelsie in the video chat and her whole attitude. She was like calm and peaceful, but also calling out Jimena in Spanish. Um, you know, she's like translating clearly and calmly for Mike. And then she's like, let me just ask my own damn questions, get to the bottom of it. And she's like, OK, Jimena, so, you know, is there anything about him you do like? And Jimena goes on to list all the things she doesn't like about him. Nelsie tells him she's literally disgusted by you. Like, I think she got what she needed. And I think you need to get the next flight back home. And Mike is still like, OK, OK, so you're saying that tomorrow <laughs> we should call you back for another <laughs> translation slash therapy session well except that mike is like no you know what maybe you're right hangs up with nelsie turns to jimena and he's like all right jimena you want your space i'll give you space uh, i'll go home and hopefully we can still be friends it's at this point that jimena's like whoa 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 pump the brakes are you breaking up with me oh no <laughs> before i have a boob job and i'm able to support myself through my modeling absolutely not sir and what we see in the preview for next week is that they call Nelsie again. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to that conversation. Oh, I'm looking forward to that, too. That is going to be good. I'll ho I'm sure Nelsie will have a lot to say on the tell-all. I hope John's in the background, like, hyping up Nelsie <laughs> when she <laughs> says some truth. Oh, my God. Well, I'm going to beat you to the punch because we are just talking about her. And on my appreciation ring is going to go to these just, you know, unorthodox, play-by-their-own-rules translators that we had this week. Because <laughs> between Hamza and Memphis's translator, oh, oh God, I wish I would have gotten his name down, Dang. but he, you know, bringing in that flair, that emotion, just like really, he was like weaving a story. He wasn't just translating. He was really <laughs> conveying so much. And then we get to Nosy, who like wasn't really giving us the emotion, but she was like, going above and beyond because she was translating but then like you said she was like oh no this ain't no sean uh tell all type questions i'm gonna ask some real questions <laughs> and i'm gonna get it deep and not only am i gonna ask probing questions then i'm not gonna translate my shady advice that i'm giving you about dumping her like she just just going rogue <laughs> an appreciation ring to both of them you took my appreciation ring. First, I'll say we didn't get any um, Ella and Johnny. I think Ooh, we're going to get them next week. Thanks. So anyway, um, yeah, my appreciation ring goes to both translators. I think Nelsie said a lot. Even when she was being monotone, she said a lot. It was perfect. And the other translator whose name I wish I had gotten, something tells me that he used, like, he maybe used to do hand puppets for a living because he's just very animated in his hand gestures and his body language. Absolutely. Get that man, man into mime school or something. He is talented. <laughs> to teach, not to learn. I think he knows what he needs to know. He is already a master <laughs> at his craft. Well, on that note, thanks all so much for tuning in another week. Be sure to give us five stars and a glowing review on the podcast app. Yes, five stars all the way. We need all the reviews we can. Follow me on Instagram at Board and Bitchy. That's Board Letter and Bitchy. And we will be back next week. Bye. Bye.
Bitchy. Beach. Oh. Bitchy. Bitchy. Sorry. <laughs> Bored and bitchy. <laughs>